How are we all doing? Great. Great. It's nice to be in Handorf. Um, I uh, find myself in and out, and some of you go, haven't seen you for weeks. So I'm actually here pretty much every other week, and down at Parkside, when I'm not here, I'm not having a morning off at home. Um, I'm down at Parkside if I'm not here, so it's great to be amongst this part of our church family this morning. Hey, I did mention uh, in the lead up to that, well, part of that prayer that I I did reach out to some mums. So if you're a mum that's on Facebook, and thank you for those who responded from not only our church, but from across my friendship, and I have got a few friends, just just saying, um, around the world, which is really nice. And I just want to give you a bit of, so I asked two questions. One one thing that a mum values, and the other one a day later was, what do or did you value most about your mum? And John covered some of those questions again this morning in live with a microphone cross. My observation from those responses was that many mothers are sleep deprived. That was the, that was the biggest um, kind of response that I got. I think the most uh, noteworthy one. At some point in the journey, maybe it's not a protracted season, but it's certainly some part of the mothering journey appears to have high levels of sleep deprivation. This is true. Yep, there's a few yeses out there. The other thing that was really cool was that what was high up the list for mums valuing was hugs. Mums love their kids to hug them. And kids actually love hugging their mum. I've noticed that. And uh, nothing like a hug. COVID's been pretty brutal for that. COVID's been brutal for the rest of us. It's not been illegal to hug your mum during, but some people have not been able to hug their mum because they're in an, an aged care facility, they're not vaccinated or they're not, you know, they haven't had a flu shot and we've had all that kerfuffle with, um, within our family, uh, Julie's family, and it's like, really? Like, it's such a very basic human need to actually hug somebody. So for what it's worth this morning from Pastor Bruce, whatever you do today, if your mum's still alive and you're seeing her today, give her a hug because I reckon she'll enjoy it. Um, just don't squeeze too hard if you're a bloke. You know, it's like sometimes we can, we can get a little bit over-enthusiastic. And we had an old a friend who was a minister. He was an indigenous uh, um, Pentecostal pastor who used to love, he gave the most outrageously violent hugs, like they were like, just like, whoa. And he hugged someone at a youth camp one year and broke about six ribs. And the person there, not his ribs, the person's ribs. It's like, whoa, that's an enthusiastic hugger, I tell you. Um, some other things that highlighted from that, those questions was being appreciated, like show appreciation to your mum's a good idea. Uh, being a mum is one of the most challenging and complex responsibilities one could have in this life. There's no doubt about that. It's like it really is complicated. Um, there is an inbuilt, this is the interesting one, I've just kind of, this is a bit of a thought. Um, but there's an inbuilt dimension to mothering that overrides disadvantaged upbringing, poverty, and or danger. There's just something about the way, in my view, that God's created us and uh, that regardless of your station in life, there's a sense in which the mothering dimension of the women in our midst is uh, incredibly resilient and flexible and powerful. And so if I had a hat on, I'd take it off to you this morning, mums. Mums are experts at unconditional love. Not every mum, or not there's, there's some. There's, some of you sitting here this morning might have. Uh, uh, that's not my experience at all. Um, but it, so these are big generalisations. Mums have wisdom and use it. Mums have an inner strength that should not be underestimated. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, mums are human and have needs like the rest of us. So, um, getting into the Bible this morning and a few thoughts around that, around this topic. So one of the striking parts of the Bible narrative. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, is 
the incredible difficulty that some women in the Bible story have in becoming a mother in the first instance. It's like it, it's a repeated pattern. And uh, just for example, I just picked out three, Sarah, Sarai, which is Abram's wife, Rachel, and then Hannah in the book of Samuel. And in Genesis 16, I'll just read three of these three very short few verses about those three women. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Interesting perspective. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abraham agreed. That was Genesis 16. In Genesis 30, we encounter the uh, beautiful person of Rachel. Uh, When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. She's fairly desperate to be a mum. And in 1 Samuel 1, 5 to 7, uh, but Hannah, he gave a double portion to her husband because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. That can be, that could be pretty devastating. Just getting it rubbed, your nose rubbed into it when you've got problems. Maybe an IVF scenario has caused you to have your nose rubbed in it, and it's just been complicated. Um, we couldn't possibly cover every permutation of challenge in being a mum today, but we can definitely cover every one of those permutations with the one word honour. There's an overarching word that. Um, I've got some thoughts about it. I've been pondering my sad reflection in the course of my life. I was born in 1958, went to primary school during the 1960s, in high school in 1970 to 74. And I remember very distinctly, I think in year 12, being asked by a school friend who surprised me by asking me this question, are you going down to protest in the anti-Vietnam War moratorium marches in the city? And I said, what are they? I didn't even know what they were. My, my family had kept me kind of outside of the realm of even knowing what that was. And I've reflected on not just that conversation, but the reality that somewhere in the course of my life, so we're talking this in 60 years, one of the casualties of that war, and perhaps others before it in certainly sense, has been the loss of, in my view, the loss of the issue of honour. Honour went out the door in the 70s. There was a massive cultural adjustment in the West. And honouring became, uh, dishonouring was way more favourable to be dishonouring. And so we have things like, just as an example, uh, in the 21st century, it would be common in the media in the 60s to refer to the Prime Minister as the Prime Minister in a news article, the Prime Minister said this, the Prime Minister said that. We get headlines now, ScoMo. Headlines out of America before Biden, or it's now Biden, but then it was Trump. Trump's done this, Trump's done that, blah, 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 blah. There's this sense in which uh, it's actually now smart to be dishonourable. It's actually now cool to be actually taking people out. I want to say, as Christ followers, we cannot be cut from that cloth. We are the honouring people in society. We, we, if we don't know how to honour, we need to learn how to. We actually need to honour people, not because of who they are in the sense of uh, every dimension of their life, but their station in life. What they're responsible for is worthy of honour. It's funny that our members of parliament are still referred to as the honourable member of such and such. It's like I sit there and cry sometimes, tears. You go, I don't see too much honour in that honourable person. 
It's like, what's happened to us? And I, I want to say to you, God values highly the issue of honoring. And I'll prove it to you in a moment. So anyway, let's get back to the story. Honoring uh, will come up again in a moment. So one of the things I thought about those three women, getting back to that, those, those examples, those three women who were not able to have children for a reason, but then it was resolved and they did have a child and or children. And it got me thinking that from our point of view, looking back and reading those stories, it opened up to me the importance that God places on being a mother, that those stories are even in the text. It's like when you, when you think about it, the story's written around these specific women who had trouble childbearing when there were, let's just say, hundreds of thousands of other women around their world for whom it was no problem whatsoever. And it, so rather than pondering, well, is it... I, Where's God in this? I'd want to say to you as a mum this morning, as you, if you're a mum, God has a purpose in you being a mother. Those stories are about God showing those particular children had a purpose, an eternal purpose in his purpose of redemption with Jesus Christ. Those women are in the narrative story of how Jesus comes to be in the picture. And they're very important women, very important mothers. And I think the emphasis of childlessness is actually emphasising for all of us, regardless of how hard or easy it is for you to have had a child if you're in that zone, I want to say to you, understand this, God has got a purpose for your child. He's got a purpose for you being a mother. Amen? Um, God's got a plan. If your story is complicated, seek God. He is so for you being a mum. Interesting. Um, I looked at the book of Exodus and the Ten Commandments. Uh, and there's a whole lot. The first four are all about our connection with God. And then there's this, this fifth one, fourth one, beg your pardon, um, is verse 12, Exodus chapter 20, honour your father and your mother. Say mother. Focus today's Mother's Day. Honour your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord God is giving you. The next commandments are all you shall nots. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony and you should not covet. What I find amazing is Jesus dealt with those issues in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter five. And for example, you shall not murder, he just says you shouldn't lust. He, he can't, sorry, you shouldn't, um, yeah, you shouldn't kill things, obviously. You shouldn't hate, beg your pardon. Um, you should not commit adultery. You shouldn't lust. He, he went to the heart of the issue rather than the action. But what gets me about this is the verse 12 is not a not, you should not. It's what you should do. And it's listed above the others. My way of thinking in the Bible, that means it's paramount more important than. It's the first human relationship mentioned in the law, these 10 commandments, the first human-to-human -human interaction that gets a Guernsey is honouring our parents. I reckon God thinks it ranks really highly. And for some of us, it's a filthy issue because some of us have had parents that stink. Just, just saying. That wasn't my experience, but I have met with people whose experience of their mum and or their dad has been nothing but horrendous. It's like as a Christ follower, that is something to take to God to get a perspective on for yourself, how do I honour lousy parents? 
Because the issue isn't, oh, I won't honour them. The issue is, I've got to honour them, even though they are... Is that helping somebody? It's like it's a challenge. That might be a faith step for you. Um, A big, big faith step. But I want to put it to you that it's God's business for you and me to be honouring of our mums. And if that's a challenge, take it to God in prayer. Ask him to help you. Ask him to show you to take footsteps towards being an honouring person. We are the crowd that honour, correct? It's very easy to dishonour. It's very easy to get caught up in the criticism. It's very easy to get caught up in just calling the Prime Minister ScoMo. It's very easy to get caught up in just calling so-and-so who's actually deserving of honour. Just treat them like just another person. And in lots of respects... Scott Morrison, in our cases in Australia, is just another person. He is, a, he is a dad. He is a husband. He is a politician, yes, and he is the Prime Minister. Those things are all in the mix, and we've got to work out, are we going to honour or dishonour? Are we actually going to honour? Like, how far do we take this dishonour this, this aberration so we don't honour a crappy mum? I say, that's not acceptable. You might think he's a crappy prime minister. It's like, that doesn't give you an excuse to dishonour him. Does that make sense? It's like, we've got to get this stuff worked out. Um, Bottom line is, honour. Honour. Just honour. What does that mean? Well, we might have to come back to that one a little later on. Not today. Um, But um, I hope you know in your own mind kind of what that means for you. It can mean gift-giving. It's, it's holding in high esteem. It's actually the biblical version of honouring really is about, is about bringing um, substance, substance, like gifts. So giving a gift to mum on Mother's Day is an honouring act. But it's not just give giving. It's not just bringing and giving them something. It's giving them a sense that you totally respect them um, because they're a mum. Maybe not because of the way they were a mum, but because they are a mum. Does that make sense? Number two. So God's got a purpose in you being a mum. If you're a mum out there, say amen. Amen. If you're doubting that, let me say it again. God has a purpose in you being a mother. Come on, mums. Amen. Amen. And your kids might be challenging, but God's got a purpose in you being a mother. Okay, come on, we're getting there. Number two. God has provided you what you need to be a mum. Oh, I don't feel like that all the time. God's provided you with what you need to be a mum. You might think, well, I could do with a whole lot more this, a whole lot more that, sleep. It's like, no, actually the Bible says to all of us, not just to mums, in 2 Peter 1 verses 3 to 4, his divine power, say his. Whose? God's, God's divine power. There is divine power available to you to be a mum. He doesn't just say, good luck. It might feel like that sometimes. We can all feel like we've just been left to stuff ourselves up and make poor choices. But God's never abandoned us nor forsaken us. He's he's just always wanting us to dig into his resource. So by his divine power, he has given us everything, say everything. We need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. It's a dimension of his goodness that is promised in this scripture to be deposited in you, mothers, who are here this morning, divine power to be a mum. If you're feeling inadequate, call on the name of the Lord. Feel like you're stuffing it up, call on the name of the Lord. 
If you feel like you're being not appreciated, call on the Lord. Don't berate the family. You never appreciate me. You just take me for granted. You can have a meltdown like that or take it to the Lord. We can all listen to that. That's not just for mums. We can all get caught up in, they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't say that. Why don't they do this? It's like we can get all kind of worked up on the inside, but the Bible says by his divine power. It's like, okay, God, you got me. I know there's many a mum in this room that I personally know have spent either literally or figuratively many hours on their knees praying for their kids. You're looking for that divine power and I want to say good on you, don't give up. Divine power is what we all need to get the job done, amen? Uh, Yeah, so if you're tired, discouraged, fed up, confused, anxious, worried, or angry as a mum, just have a conversation with God. I don't mean just like it's going to just magically solve the problem. But I've got to tell you that talking to God and telling him that's my burden at the moment is always a good place to start. There's a great song that we're going to actually get into when Emily and Lockie come home from their honeymoon. Um, we might get it whenever that is. I don't know when that is, but anyway, we're going to get into it. The song that's out of a place called Maverick City at the moment has caught my attention, an American bunch of singers and worshippers, about waiting on God. I love that song. While I'm waiting, I'm praying. While I'm waiting, I'm worshipping. While I'm waiting, I'm praising. What do you do when you're waiting? What about the mums? Maybe, maybe you don't have much time to wait. Uh, or waiting for somebody to get out of the bathroom or get out of the toilet or if you've got boys waiting for the air to clear so you can go to the bathroom. It's like, I don't know what that is about men and women, but anyway, we won't go there. Um, um, but anyway, get back to the waiting thing. I love this because Isaiah 40 makes this promise to us. It's about waiting on God and having our strength renewed. It seems, it can seem a little bit conflicted to step back from a crazy schedule if your crazy schedule's got no breaks in it and you're tired. It's like, well, I can't afford to have some downtime. You can't afford not to. Can I encourage you, mums, build some margin into your week. Find a bit of space for you, just for you, not to do anything, but to wait. This space, it's not just oh, I might just sit down and read a book. No, well, you can do that. If you find time for that, God bless. It's all good. But make this happen. Wait on the Lord. Just find a comfortable seat in your house or out in the back. You might have a seat out in the yard that's near the hedge or by a bird bath or whatever you've got out in your yard. Just a pile of dirt if you're Dave's, Dave and T's place. They've got, they got plenty of clay out there, right? Yeah, you slide in that in a few weeks' time. But anyway, um, just go and find somewhere you can just sit and wait. And while you're waiting... Thank him. Thank him for things. Think, if you can't think of anything to thank him for, start thinking now. Write a list. Be thankful. Give him praise. Give him thanks. Because this is what it says. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and even young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope, this is the NIV version of this, who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The, the language of that verse in other versions is those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And it's interesting that that word wait is in the NIV as hope. It gives you an idea of the focus of that waiting. It's not just doing nothing. 
is actually focused in what's God up to here? What's God up to in your family? What's he up to with your kids? Why have I got such a challenging kid? Maybe God knows that you are exactly the right person, parent, to bring that challenging kid up. It's like, oh, how do I get that? Like, you've got to have a perspective somewhere in the midst of that that God is with you. And he is with you. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and they will not grow weary and they will walk and not be faint. I love the tone of that scripture. Amen? So my second point was, God has provided you with what you need to be a mum. And my last point is this. So to the mums today, we say loudly with love. We, uh, we appreciate, thank, and value you. And I wrote this paraphrase of Proverbs 31. Some of the women here would have heard this back in 2008 for a women's conference. So 13 years ago, I sat down and wrote a paraphrase of Proverbs 31. And I want to read it to the mums here this morning. And uh, we'll pray at the end of this. So, she must be someone special. She is. Celebrate her. She seeks God, not people's favour. Celebrate her passion. She pursues good character, not recognition. Celebrate her courage. She brings people good, not harm, all the days of her life. Celebrate her commitment. She works with eager hands and heart. Celebrate her strength. She guides and caresses the people she cares for. Celebrate her gentleness. She laughs and cries in the midst of life. Celebrate her feelings. She sees through dishonesty and manipulation. Oh, that was a difficult one with my mum. Celebrate her discernment. I didn't always, you know. She loves intimate relationships and having close friends. Celebrate her vulnerability. She cares for others and extends her hands to the needy. Celebrate her compassion. She is skilled, capable, and confident. Celebrate her achievements. She watches over the affairs of her household. Celebrate her wisdom. She fears the Lord and worships him. Celebrate her beauty. She is a woman of God. Celebrate her. Why don't we stand to our feet? Father, we want to close today. I'm going to close in prayer. I want to. I just want to pray again for every family present. Many of you might be heading off to do a lunch or an afternoon picnic or some catch up with the family. I'm not seeing my mum today. She died nine years ago. Some of you, like me, don't have your physical mum with us anymore. Some of us have got other complications within our family narrative that makes Mother's Day complicated and all painful. I want to say to you, if that, that's your family story, that by His divine power, He's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness in that complexity. So let me pray. Father, we pray for every mum today, both here in our meeting and, and watching online. I just bless the women who are watching this morning, wherever you are. I pray right now, would touch you wherever you're watching this with his hand of peace his hand of restoring his hand of love mercy and grace pray that that wind of the spirit we started off with 20 minutes ago would just blow over you in your lounge room in your bedroom in the car when you might listen to it on just the driving for 
those of us that are here, Father, I pray right now that you would send us into this week, into this next year. Lord, as we're a nation we're kind of recovering from and moving beyond COVID and all the weird things that that's put in, in the complexity of life. And I pray for the mums, Lord, today, that you give them the courage, the boldness, and the strength we've talked about. We celebrate you, women. We salute you. We thank you, mums. In Jesus'